It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The end of the tax year is in sight and time is running out for investors to make the most of this year's £20,000 ISA allowance. But with returns on cash still at rock bottom, many savers are looking to dip their toes into a Stocks and Shares ISA for the first time. To help you make the right choice, we're here to explain the rules, talk you through the best investments and dissect the different types available. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast on personal finance and investing. I'm Lucy Warwick-Ching, FT Money's digital editor, and I'm bringing you a special podcast dedicated to how to make the most of your ISA allowance this season. According to government statistics, just over 11 million ISA accounts were opened in the last tax year, with an average investment of £5,500. Of these, just 2.6 million were stocks and shares ISAs, the rest went into cash. Given there are over 30 million income taxpayers in the UK, that's a lot of wasted tax allowance. One investment firm calculated that a couple paying the maximum into their ISAs for 17 years could become ISA millionaires in that time assuming a not unachievable return of 5% a year. Our investment reporter, Kate Bearley, has been looking into ISAs this week and she's here to tell us how to make the most of our ISA allowance. Kate, traditionally the end of the tax year has meant a last-minute sprint by investors rushing to stuff their ISAs with new investments. Why is this year different? Well, the larger allowance is meaning that some investors are thinking a bit more strategically, according to uh, brokers and wealth managers, who say that some people are phasing their money in throughout the year rather than kind of sprinting to the finish and putting in whatever they can at the end. So according to Hargreaves Lansdowne, the number of people paying into an ISA regularly rather than via lump sums rose by 40% between January 2016 and November 2017. Best Invest says that number was up 19% year on year. That said, many people still do favour that last-minute approach and put in lump sums, but there are real benefits to this drip-feeding, regular investment approach. Putting in the same amount every month or quarter, especially if you're nervous about valuations and markets, because if you put the same amount of money in each month, say, you benefit from pound cost averaging, whereby some months you're buying stocks when they're expensive, some months when they're cheap, so it kind of evens out. But you also take that fear factor out of the process. You're not trying to time the market and you don't risk putting all of your money in at exactly the wrong time. So as you mentioned, there are some benefits to lump sum investing. What are these? Yeah, if you put in a big lump sum at the start of the year, it does have more time to kind of generate returns and you benefit from the compounding effects of dividends, which are paid on that larger lump sum. Essentially, that larger chunk generates more in dividends. Ultimately, you end up with a larger pot to generate more dividends. It's a kind of positive cycle. 
Um, there is also evidence to show that over the long term, markets have tended to go up. So if you put money in at the start of the year, you do stand a good chance of it being worth quite a bit more at the end. Obviously, that isn't guaranteed, though. And there's something else that people need to think about, um, the impending cut to tax-free dividend allowance. Um, what's happening and is there anything investors can do to minimise the pain? The amount that investors can earn tax-free in dividends is being reduced quite significantly this year. So it used to be £5,000, but that's being reduced down to £2,000 from April 2018. So it makes it more important than ever to hold your investments within a tax-efficient wrapper like an ISA, particularly if you've got a very large pot. So anyone who might find themselves in that bracket can make use of something called bed and ISA rules, whereby you sell the holdings you have outside an ISA and buy them again within the wrapper. So that's really useful for anyone who has some ISA allowance left but might not have a load of extra cash to put into it and also has investments outside the ISA which are generating an income. Thanks very much there to Kate. You can read her full FT Money cover feature on ISAs later this week at ft.com forward slash money. As we approach the end of the tax year, it's tempting to rush out and buy a raft of exciting looking funds. But to get the most out of an investment ISA, you need to decide which parts of the world you want to be exposed to and stick to it. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it will mean you end up with a deliberately structured portfolio rather than a selection of bad funds. I'm joined in the studio by Sean Port, Chief Investment Officer at Nutmeg, who's here to tell us his tips for ISA investing. Sean, can you start by telling us the best value areas to invest in for 2018? Perhaps start with the people with able to take a bit more risk. Yeah, so I think the the real area to invest in at the moment is emerging markets. We've in our client portfolios we've had very low exposure to emerging markets for some time now, but at the start of 16 2016 we started to increase our exposure to emerging markets. And that's because the global economy is doing very well. Valuations look really quite compelling to us. And given the synchronicity of global growth, a really good environment for emerging markets. It's worth bearing in mind that emerging markets underperform global markets by about 60% between 2011 and 2015. So there's a lot of catch up. The currencies look quite cheap. The equities are about uh, 25% cheaper than developed markets. So it looks a good time to invest in emerging markets. And and what um, particular funds or um, shares would you invest in? We would actually use an ETF. So there's mm-hmm. a great ETF from iShares. It's almost £7 billion now in size. It's bigger than any active fund. The performance over the last three years is exactly in line with an active fund. So you don't need to go to an active fund where supposedly there's an edge in finding individual stocks. Uh, this fund is very well diversified. It owns small companies as well as large companies, almost 2,000 companies in this portfolio. Uh, It's very low cost, uh, 0.25% a year. So it's a really good core holding for someone thinking about emerging markets or topping up their emerging market exposure if they're quite bullish. And what about cautious investors? What are your tips for them? Yes, I think it's really good to be diversified at all times. Um, So for us, uh, government bonds do look expensive, but particularly gilts, UK government bonds have looked very expensive after Brexit. So in our client portfolios, we've really been reducing our gilt exposure very dramatically. And instead, we own US Treasury bonds. And that may seem surprising surprising given the outlook for probably four interest rate hikes coming this year. But we own inflation-linked bonds in the US, known as TIPS, Treasury Inflation-Linked Securities. And they look quite good value to us. Um, inflation's like to increase, and there's actually a positive yield from, from these bonds, which is very unlike the UK here. Um, so we would use a fund, again, uh, an ETF from UBS. It actually targets less than 10-year bonds, so it's relatively cautious, and it's also currency hedged. So that means for a sterling investor, you're not taking this extra risk of owning the US dollar. So um, that's a really good way of diversifying your exposure in bonds away from just UK assets. And what would you say to reassure investors that are worried about, you know, the recent market volatility? 
the last few weeks. Well, really, the volatility we've seen is actually kind of back to normal. So a 10% correction in US stocks in any one year is very common. The abnormality was last year. We didn't, we didn't see that. But in every year, apart from last year, since the financial crisis, you've seen these kind of corrections and you've seen a good recovery. The fundamental backdrop looks really strong. If anything, probably a bit too strong with tax cuts boosting the US economy, Europe doing well and emerging markets joining in. So the outlook's really good, but that doesn't mean you should shy away from investing in stocks. Valuations are not that high when you look forward, look ahead to next year, given the strength of the global economy. So I think it's still a really good environment to be investing in. You shouldn't be put off by the recent drawdown. Thanks very much. That was Sean Port, Chief Investment Officer at Nutmeg. You can read more about the best value areas for 2018 on ft.com forward slash money or in the FT Weekend newspaper this Saturday. Finally, let's turn to the future of ISAs. Over the past few years, savers have had to cope with a series of changes to the once simple ISA. When they were first launched in 1999, savers could split their allowance between two ISA account types, cash and stocks and shares, and any money withdrawn in the tax year could not be replaced. But as new types of ISA have emerged and more rules have been introduced, the situation has become more complicated. Some features, notably flexibility, have not been introduced by all providers, which has further muddied the waters. Marin Somerset-Webb, Editor-in-Chief of Money Week and an FT Money columnist, joins me down the line. Merrin, with so many different ISAs available, all of which do slightly different things and pay very different returns, is it just confusing for people, perhaps diluting the ISA brand? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all become very complicated. And there's an absolute classic, uh, the kind of thing that happens with governments all the time. So you have one very simple product, everybody understands, everybody likes, you know, the most used and taken up saving product in UK history. And then they start to fiddle. So they're like, oh, well, the under 14s don't get the benefit of something or the other. So we'll do a special one for them. We'll call it the lifetime ISA. And, you know, young people haven't had an opportunity to buy houses. So we'll introduce another special one called the help to buy ISA. And then we made a mistake with the child trust funds. So we'll introduce a different kind of junior ISA for young people. And then, oh, well, the peer to peer lot aren't getting a proper chance here. So we'll introduce a separate one called the innovative finance ISA, etc. 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 And you take something that was incredibly simple and straightforward and very popular, and in an attempt to improve it, or I vote, however you'd like to look at it, um, you end up with something that is no longer just one thing. It's several different things. It's quite complicated. The uh, lifetime ISA and the help to buy ISA comes with come with different types of top ups. The uh, junior ISA comes. You know, some people still have a child trust fund. Some people have transferred to junior ISAs. Some people have no idea what the difference is. Um, and then you have this difficulty of transferring a junior ISA to an adult ISA when your children grow up and take control, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It has become something that, you know, was absolutely fabulous and still is absolutely fabulous if you use it in a simple way and if you understand it and you can get your head around the bonuses and rebates you can get on, on the lifetime and the help to buy. But yes, I mean, it, as, a, as you say, it is something that was simple, was popular and now needs an awful lot more effort from people to get their heads around. On the plus side, you know, all the people who understand ISIS, who have always had ISIS, now have a product that they understand and can use with a proper allowance, £20,000 a year. So if you're a couple and you get ISIS and you've got your pension sorted out, you can put £40,000 a year into a very straightforward uh, tax wrapper that is a brilliant add-on for your retirement. So, you know, depends how you look at it. The symbol that still exists, it's just now got too many overlays of complication on it. And so do you think the government should introduce a portfolio ISA, which um, which some people are calling for, which would perhaps make the process of handling, handling multiple ISAs much easier? 
Well, yes and no. I mean, you know, the thing about uh, the idea of a portfolio writer, i.e. having one wrapper inside which you can hold all these things, this is very provider dependent, uh, you know, because if you open one of these, you need to be with a provider who can provide you with all the different types. Uh, you know, innovative finance is not for everyone. Uh, some people just want a straightforward cash ISA. Not all providers are going to be able to do a cash ISA and a stock and shares ISA, et cetera, et cetera. So while that's a very good idea and would bring some simplification back to it, the complicated structures inside will still exist. And the providers will have to come up with this way of um, providing a service that gives everyone this, this broad range of asset classes. It's, it's, not, it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think about the allowances? Do you think they'll be fiddled with or upped or reduced? I would say that um, it's unlikely that the ICE allowance would go up from £20,000 a year. There aren't that many people out there who have more than £20,000 a year to save. And obviously, it is the case that, that higher earners now who find it very difficult to save what they would consider to be enough into their pensions. You know, if you're, for example, if you if you have hit the lifetime allowance or if you haven't got anything near the lifetime allowance, but you're a higher earner in tapered downs, you can only save £10,000 a year, then you may be using up your whole life for allowance. But in the main, £20,000 is, is a fairly hefty amount of money for, for people to save every year, particularly as if you're a couple, you've got 40000 mm-hmm. plus your pension allowances. So I see no obvious reason. Uh, for political interference on the upside, on the downside, it was possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's possible. Thanks very much there to Marin Somerset Webb, whose column on ISIS you can read online at ft.com forward slash money or in the weekend FT. That's it from the FT Money Show this week. To get in touch with our team of writers or ask one of our experts to look into a financial dilemma, please email us our address money at ft.com. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.